Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before the episode gets underway today, let me tell you that it's going to be a two-parter because we had our first guest and Lofa and I could not stop talking. Um, The guest was awesome. He's a legend. You'll know who he is very shortly. And we covered everything from career to our Seahawks to which draft pick is going to be the best. Uh, It's a long conversation. It's almost uncut as well. So sit back, relax, but buckle your seatbelts because this guy's got a lot of energy. Let's get this crowd going now. Come on, get him up, get him up, get him up. Snap. He's going to throw down the middle. The ball is caught. Hey, that's great football now. 35-40, down the far sideline. We got a fly, baby. He's still moving. He's going to go. Go Hawks. Are you kidding me? Let's go. go. 20, 10, touchdown, Seahawks. It's the Seahawks podcast. I'm Brett Davern, joined by former Seahawks All-Pro linebacker Lofa Tatupu. Lofa, ready to do the show? Ready is Ready. Challenges ready! (laughs) On today's episode, we have a guest, Lofa. It's our very first guest here on the Seahawks podcast. We will chat about the draft, the Seahawks, probably some Huskies and some Trojans too, and we might even play a game. Don't forget, everybody, to hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast app you're listening on. It really helps us out and helps us grow the show. The email address for the show is seahawkspod at gmail.com. That's seahawkspod at gmail.com. All right, Lofa, like I said, we have our first guest, um, but instead of just getting to him and introducing him right away, do you want to play our game Stop Me When You Know It and try to guess who it is? Absolutely. I want to see what my man's got. I want to see the skill level right now. All right, well, this guy's a local product, born and raised in the Northwest, attended Bellevue High School and Bellevue Community College, although he's not a football player. Don't forget, Lofa, stop me when you know it, okay? Wait, wait. Softy's up, right? <laughs> you got it. You got it that fast, huh? Wow. I'm just telepathic. I thought wow. you were gonna. I thought you were gonna make him wait through the whole thing, like a lot of uh, Huskies and Trojans at the draft. Oh man, got us both. You got us both on that one. Uh, See, there's only uh, we we uh, both our favorite schools had two guys drafted, which means there's more people on this podcast than there were players drafted by USC <laughs> in Washington, and if you include Katie. Yeah, it's four. It's four for both. Four, four for USC and UW, and four people on this podcast. But by the way, uh, just a quick word to the wise. Just a quick uh, word of encouragement and some uh, some insight for you guys. You're talking about growing your podcast, Brett. You want to get more listeners, things like that. Yeah, uh, it's not going to happen. Your podcast is is going to be a total disaster. Doom from the gonna, beginning. Why? What? Why? Where? It's just going to fall apart, and it's not even yes. worth your time. You may as well give it up and do something else. All right. See you later. Yeah, that's, see ya. That, that's pretty <laughs> why, much. What, why? What? 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 Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because if you're desperate enough for guests to have me on, you know, <laughs> I think it's going down the shitter. It's going, <laughs> you got no hope, man. There's no hope for you at all. None whatsoever. No, I'll man. This, hey, wait, that's wait, not wait. true. I will say this, Softy. There was a second round pick in 05 that they oh. said couldn't get it done right yeah too yeah. short too slow <laughs> do everything right now well i'll tell you what i'll tell you what man first of all i'm kidding uh, obviously i'm completely <laughs> kidding and then number one uh that 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 person that was doubting loaf at the tupu in 2005 that wasn't me because i knew it from the start the day the seahawks drafted loaf at the tupu i went on the air and i said you know what that's going to be one of the greatest draft picks in seahawk history and i was right 
Wow. Man. And all that's a lie. I never, I never said it. I, I was just going to say, I would, we would love that soundbite for our podcast. <laughs> well, it's like people that, people that claim, you know, I knew Russell Wilson was going to be a star. Bullshit, you did. You know what? First of all, the Seahawks didn't even know Russell Wilson was going to be a star. You know how I know that? Because if they knew he was going to be a star, they wouldn't have waited until the 75th pick in the third round to draft him. They <laughs> traded down to grab Bruce Irvin. And then they took Bobby Wagner in the second round. And then they took Russell Wilson in round three at number 75. If John Schneider and Pete Carroll knew that Russell Wilson was going to be what Russell Wilson turned out to be, they would have traded everything to move up and draft them number one. All these people that say, I, I, oh, yeah, I knew. I knew Russell Wilson was going to be yeah. a star. Either A, you're either lying, B, you're Russell Wilson himself, or you're <laughs> Russell Wilson's mom. Because John Schneider and Pete Carroll didn't even know what a star the guy was going to be. Give me a break. Okay. Do you I know? Say, oh, wait, sorry. Wait, wait. This is hard with a three-way conference call, but it, go ahead. It definitely right. is. But I will say that the thing that John Schneider did know is value. And where other teams would value Russell Wilson. Well, it, and 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 you remember the first pick in the draft was Andrew Luck that year to the Colts in 2012. Mm -hmm. The Colts had the number one pick overall and grabbed Andrew Luck, which felt like the safe pick, the right yes. pick. And I think if I, I think Andrew, you know, before he got banged up, before he went bananas and decided to retire yeah. from the NFL, was yeah. was on pace to become the player the Colts thought he was going to be with that first pick overall. But you know, first of all, it's funny. If you go back and you redid the 2012 draft, and you guys can look this up off the air when you have time, uh, trust me, I've done things like this because I have no life whatsoever. No, if you go back and you look makes at the, you the best off, thank you, thank you. If you go back and look at the 2012 draft over again, I think you can make a great argument, guys, that um, Russell Wilson goes number one and yep. Bobby Wagner goes number two in the draft. I mean, they're both Hall of Famers. Russell's going to the Hall of Fame. Bobby's yep. going to the Hall of Fame for sure. Yep. I'm telling you, man. Both those guys would have gone number one and number two. Is this I, what you're? Is this what you're doing now? Uh, since I mean, because there's no sports on or anything like that. Is that? Is this what yeah. you're doing? You're googling these things? Uh, no, it's all in my brain. Uh, <laughs> Google actually comes to me to find stuff out. To be totally honest with you. What are you doing Softy. on the show Com right now, is though? Where Google goes. Exactly, Softy.com. By the way, do not go to Softy.com. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay, I've been to Softy.com. It's like a German porn site, seriously. So I would not go to Softy.com if I were you guys at all. I would just avoid that kind of stuff on the really? internet. Although I know, Nothing? I know, I know Nothing on certain days, you know, I know on certain days at end in Y Lofa likes to frequent places like that. So maybe you can check it out <laughs> and tell the young buck what they're all about. But you know what guys, honestly, man, uh, in times like this with this stupid freaking virus and the pandemic and the economy and everyone's afraid and everyone's, you know, panicked and, you know, on edge and anxious every day. The least of my concerns, and I mean this in all honesty, is putting together a freaking radio show. Seriously. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. we've got tons of stuff to talk about. You know, what is sports going to look like when it comes back? There's sure. a, th This yeah. has been the easiest time in the history of my career. I've been at KJR for 25 years. This has been the easiest time in my career to get guests on the air because <laughs> yeah. everybody's sitting yeah. around doing nothing. They're all home. Everyone's at home. You know, we had Todd Lywicki, who you know, Lofa, you know, was the guy that hired Pete Carroll in Seattle, yeah, obviously, yeah. fired Jim Mora, whatever. You know, Todd comes on the show and he says, look, if I tell you that I'm, I'm busy right now, I'm full of shit because I'm not busy. <laughs> Everyone is sitting around doing nothing available to jump on the radio show. So, 
we've had no problem with topics, no problems with guests, things like that. Brett, I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, there's so many other things to worry about right now. Putting yeah. together a radio show is the least of my concerns, and it's actually been kind of a release. You know, I got offered a chance to do the show from home, but you know what? Getting in the car and driving down the freeway and getting off my exit and, you know, going through downtown Seattle and at least seeing some familiar sights, uh, yeah. you know, having at least that little sense of normalcy, I think, has yeah. been good for me. Well, well if you want to... Well, yeah. if you want to find the show, it's weekdays, 3 to 7, 9.50, KJR. Softy's on the show with us right now. Thank you. How did, how did I do, Softy, resetting it right there? Uh, it was all right. You, know, you yeah. sound like you're about nine years old, by the way. How old oh. are you? I've always wanted to ask you. <laughs> a lot older than you, you'd you probably think. I could probably really? win a bar bet or two. If we... No kidding. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Are, you, are you old enough to be Lofa's son? That's what I want to know. No, no, but we could have gone to high school <laughs> together. Yeah, okay. he, he looks like he's starring in Home Alone 5, whatever one <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah. Uh, I was going to get to this later, but I'll get to it now because I was going to say it earlier when you were, you know, bad-mouthing yourself as being our guest or whatever. If, we, if I could have picked a first guest for our show, it would have been you. And let me tell you why. This is going to sound weird, but you sent me a DVD copy of Coyote Ugly in the early 2000s. What? Yeah, I was living in New York City and I was listening to KJR, the stream over the internet and I was working as an assistant for my first acting manager I ever had. And so I had the headphones plugged in, not doing work, listening to KJR. And you said you wanted people to call in who were listening from the furthest distance away right, right. on the stream. And I called in from New York City. I won. We talked about Lou Pinella or something for a second. Yeah. And, uh, and as a prize, you sent me a DVD copy of Coyote Ugly, which I still wow. have. Wow. But you didn't sign wait, it. Wait, hold wow. up. Softy, do you you said wait, wait, you remember that actual I, I remember doing and I will tell you exactly why I remember it. And Brett, I don't mean to burst your bubble. Oh, well, that's incredible. I, I don't I don't remember talking to you specifically. <laughs> okay, that'd be a lie if I said that. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. But, I but do, the actual I, moment. Yes, I do remember the segment, and here's wow. how I know. Here's how I remember the segment because we tried it again and it didn't work. we did it we did we did and this is back when brett's right this is kind of back when like the internet was blowing up and streaming was becoming a big deal and people could hear the show all over the world to be honest with you so we were like hey you know what let's do a segment let's see how far our little stupid radio show reaches and we're getting calls from europe we're getting calls from australia getting calls from as brett said the east coast you know la florida whatever we're like hey man that was great that was awesome that let's try that again and we did it again like two weeks later, and it sucked. It was awful. <laughs> oh, we couldn't okay. even get a call. Maybe, maybe so the dial-up went I, down or something. No, I think, I think like all 10 people that were, that were listening on the internet actually <laughs> called in the first show and then just said the hell with it. <laughs> well, okay, well, so I was listening, man. But, but bro, Okay, this is a great segue, though. What have you seen? Okay, as I dip my toes into podcast and radio yeah. with my man Brett here. What have you seen over the years in terms of changes in the industry? Any tips you could give me, my man? Yeah, get out and find a new career right away. That's my tip. <laughs> oh, uh, don't tell one. Them I need I'm writing them. that down. I'm writing that down. <laughs> no, no. You know what, guys? It, it's been such an unbelievable ride and just watching how things have changed. You know, I've been doing this for, for 25 years. I was an intern at KJR uh, yes. basically in the spring of 94. 
my internship came up at the end of the quarter. I didn't get a job. I went back to Red Robin. I uh, worked at Red Robin for three or four months in Bellevue, right off of Bellevue Way there. Yeah. And I, I, I just kept calling the old PD, the old program director, Tom Lee, every single day, begging for a job. And finally, he just snapped and said, fine, you can come in and run the board on Sundays. So they gave me a job. And that was 25 years ago. And here I am. And honestly, man, the one piece of advice I can give people is you have to be yourself. It sounds corny. It sounds cliche-ish, yeah, but no. there's only one Lofa. There's only one Brett Davern. And if you try yeah. to be somebody else, there's only one person of that, too. Yeah. So you're well, never, it, hey, ever going to be that guy. Ever. Listen, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off or anything. Yeah. And, and you know that I love you. And I, I tell you the heartwarming story and everything. I grew up listening to you. And we go back yeah, and yeah, forth yeah, on yeah. Twitter sometimes. But, and but, you're the man what? and all, all of that what? stuff. Get to it's the butt already. Stavern. Tavern, oh. <laughs> like like tavern with a D, no, or no, like no. tavern no, with no. a D instead of a C. Tavern. Ca- no, nope, you've actually been pronouncing it wrong your entire life. You got bad news for you. When, I, when I'm done here, I'm going to call your parents and I'm going to tell them too that when correct them when too. When your grandparents came over here from America <laughs> on a boat. Uh, they pronounced it Dayburn, and somewhere, somehow, it got lost in translation. So yeah. I got okay. news for you, kid. And by the way, your name's not even Brett. It's Jerry. I got to be honest. Okay? <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, one more thing, though. How long? Okay, so I had the vision of playing in the NFL since I was seven yeah, years old. Right, no right. How yep. long did you envision? Because I don't believe that anybody adapts and just becomes as good and as successful as they are like you yeah. are with yeah. just overnight and continuing to work. You have to have a vision for it. How long did you have this vision? Well, you got to have people around you that you can, you know, kind of cherry pick off of, you know, and, and, and kind of see how the way things are done. For me, the you know, two guys were, you know, Mike Gaston or Dave Grosby. As you know, Lofa, both of those yep. guys, Graz and Gas, worked at KJR for a long, long time. Guys like John Clayton, of course, yeah. were with me for a long time from ESPN. Uh, you know, Brian Wheeler, who became the voice of the Blazers after, you know, a stint in Sacramento as the voice of the Kings. So all those guys were kind of there to mold me and show me how to do things. And I just, I just loved it. You know, I loved doing it. You know, I loved getting down to the kingdom and helping get guys on the radio show. It was a freaking challenge for me. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes to a point where it actually got me in trouble. I mean, there's, there, there's, you know, I got stories about me and Griffey getting into fights and, you know, <laughs> me and PR directors getting into fights about getting guests on the air. It was freaking personal for me. But, you know, you asked over the years how things have changed. And I think, you know, look, maybe it's different for podcasts and different for radio. And really, in the end, it just depends on why you're in this business. I think all of us get into this business, number one at least my business, because we love sports, right? Like nobody's growing up saying, man, I want to be the next Marconi. I love radio. I just love the spoken word. I love communication, you know, things like that. And I do love it. I do. But I, but I, I, I didn't get into freaking fishing radio or gardening radio or political radio. I got into sports talk radio because I mm-hmm. love sports because I'm a sports fan. So number one, you have to love what you do. And you got to have freaking passion for it. I don't care if you're yes. a sports talk radio host, if you're the president, if your name is Jerry Davern and you're doing a show on MTV, or if you're playing football, you got to have some goddamn passion for what you're doing. And that's number one. When that day comes that you guys aren't enjoying doing this podcast and you don't like waking up every day and recording this, then just get out. It's not worth doing it, number one. But number two, for me, radio, people kind of lose sight of what this business in the end is all about. This business isn't really about ratings. In the end, it's really not even about good radio. It's about making money. It's about client relationships. It's about your advertisers. And that's the part of this business that some people don't really get. Hey, listen, I've, 
I've seen radio stations that have phenomenal talents on the air, phenomenal radio shows, phenomenal producers, but they're not making a dime because their yeah. sales staff are a bunch of morons. And then I've seen the other side of it where I've heard boring radio shows with boring guys on the air, bad producers, bad execution, but they're making millions because their sales staff is busting their ass to make money for the radio station. So for me, the thing I take the most pride in, honestly, is the relationship I have with my clients. I, I, I've got five or six clients, guys, no kidding, that have been with me for 20 years. You know, car dealerships, cable awesome. companies, mortgage companies, real estate brokers, yeah. things like that, restaurants, whatever. And they're my friends and they're, and, and they're real close to me. I've, I've, I've been in their wedding. They've been in my wedding. We go out, the families are tight. So in times like this, when there's a freaking pandemic and business is in the toilet, they're not dropping me. They're staying with me even through times like this. So people yeah. need to remember in this business that you're there to make money for somebody unless you own your own radio station. Hey, speaking of making money, uh, don't uh, making money. Softy is joining us on the betonline.ag hotline. I forgot <laughs> to mention that right off the oh, top. Geez, a terrible brand. Dave Softy Molly, the legend, the Way man, the myth, the, the ball, legend. Pal. Weekdays three to seven on nine fifty KJR. Hey, Softy, you ever been starstruck during an interview? Uh, during an interview. Interesting. Uh, not really, to be totally honest with you. Um, I think if you went back early in my career, there may have been somebody that maybe I was a little bit nervous in front of, but I when you were nervous to go ask for an interview from, yeah, maybe like in a locker room setting or something like that. But that's mostly because that guy was perceived to be kind of a pain in the ass, you know, like (laughs) for example, if there was a, like a young 19 year old kid, that's just starting an internship at our TV station, uh, five years ago, and somebody says, hey, go talk to Marshawn Lynch, right, who hates mm. doing interviews, you know, things like that. There was a, maybe <laughs> situations like that. But I remember it was at the Museum of Natural History in New York, uh, right there near Central Park. And it's about 20 years ago, and I had just begun a website, uh, softycentral.com, which is now defunct, thank God. And I saw Tom Selleck, you know, Magnum P.I., yes. right? He's, he's, Mr. He's Baseball. Yeah, he's exactly. He's he's in the museum. I'm thinking, man, I got to go up to Tom Selleck and get a picture for my website. So people will think I'm a big deal. I mean, if I if I show a picture of Softy and yeah. Tom Selleck, then that'll just increase my street cred. So I walked up to Tom Selleck. My voice hadn't dropped yet. You know, I was still talking like I had my bar mitzvah like two weeks earlier. You know, hey, Tom, can I have a picture with you? And he looks at me and he says, you know what? I appreciate that. But if I take a picture with you, then that guy's going to want a picture and that guy's going to want a picture and that guy's going to want a picture. And I'll be here all damn day taking photos with all these people. So how about I just shake your hand and say, thank you. And it was, it was actually pretty cool. He was great. His logic made total sense. Didn't want to ruin his day. He was an awesome guy. So maybe a bit nervous to talk to guys like that, but honestly, man, I, I really have not been starstruck, and I'm certainly not starstruck right now doing this podcast. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, I was just gonna say. Speaking of stars, what's your favorite loaf at the Tupa moment? But we wait. could let it go. I have a favorite. I have a favorite loaf at the Tupa moment. Oh yeah. There's just a certain way to treat people, and honestly, yes. uh, Lofa, I've I've learned a lot of that from guys like Mike Holmgren. You know, who was your coach in Seattle? Yep. You know, one yep. one thing I noticed about about Mike and I noticed that other coaches have done this as well. Like Lorenzo Romar did this a lot when he was at Washington, you know, coaches seem to some, some of them see the media as an enemy. Some of them see the media as an adversary and, and they're not right. They're really in the end, they're all there potentially to help you. So how can you make everything around you a positive, whether it is a relationship with the press or 
a relationship with somebody at work. And when Mike Holmgren would look at a media member at a press conference and he would call them out by name, that always meant a lot to me. It's like, man, that guy really is taking the time to know who these people are. And it's smart, yes. man. You know what? Because in the end, all the media wants to do is be there to help you if you need help. Yes, there's going to be columnists yeah. that will rip, rip, you know, rip your ass when you deserve it, things like that, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But in the end, the media, like any other human being, they're there to just be, you know, uh, you know, not your buddy. That's the wrong they're word. They're doing their they're job. Yeah, 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 but 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 it's just more than that because I think I think media people in the end want to be on the inside. Media people in the end want to have relationships with athletes and coaches. And the more you bring them in, the more you trust them, the more they're going to trust you. Mm -hmm. The way that Mike Holmgren treated the press, the trust, the 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 press absolutely can be a positive for a player and a coach. And some guys don't get that, man. They they just really don't. I wish a lot of press like you, like you know. They were more they, – they understood the emotions of the games are still weighing heavy on the actual individual. We're still human. You know, right. forget that we play professional sports. We are still humans at heart. And uh, so, Of course, and, of course. Yeah, and a lot of people, they, they you know – and it's – I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe you could speak to it. Why? But, like, some don't get that. They just stick the microphone and they – and they know you're pissed off and they know maybe they want the reaction. But right, right, right. When someone did that to me, I'd just be like, okay, yeah, 300 yards. Yeah, what about it? We'll do better next time. Like, so you get, right, that, right. you get that response and maybe it's the one they wanted. Maybe it's not. I don't, but it's, um, you know, and that's, I always, you know, I tried to keep out any sound bites because, you know, I was coached by Mike Holmgren. Don't give right. anybody, some, you know, reason to continue, you know, talking about that. And so, right. Just move on to the next week, and that's why I always try. Hey, we'll we'll, we'll do better next time, you know. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, you were coached by Mike Holmgren. You were also coached by Pete Carroll, who is the exact opposite of Mike Holmgren, <laughs> right? When it comes to delivering sound bites and, and things like that. I mean, Pete Carroll's never met a microphone he didn't like, and, and I'm, I'm not saying that's a negative. That's a positive for Pete. I mean, Pete Carroll is the most. He is the most optimistic, positive yes. sob I've ever met in the history of my life. I got to be honest with you. And yeah. first, it was kind of annoying. You know, it's like, man. I don't trust anybody who every now and then doesn't get pissed off. And I'm sure Pete does get pissed off in private, but he never shows it in public. So the fact that you were able to see kind of both approaches, one from Pete and then one from Mike Holmgren, obviously kind of molded, you know, the person you are, but you were asking, you know, why are some media people like that? I think number one, some guys and some gals are kind of desperate just to make a name for themselves. And I certainly get that. They're looking for the hook. They're looking for the big story mm -hmm. that's going to get their name splashed all over the place. And I just think also on top of that, and this is just kind of just, you know, maybe the brass tacks of it. Some people are just dicks. Pardon me, everyone. Let me cut in for a minute. It's Brett here reminding you that this episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag to place your wagers today. With no sports on TV, you might think there's nothing to bet about, but you'd be wrong. You can place wagers on all sorts of things from TV shows to political elections to even playing in their online casino or their three-quarter million dollar poker series. Go to betonline.ag today. Use our promo code code mypod100 that's m y p o d 100 receive a welcome bonus betonline.ag the fun never ends now back to the conversation angie's list is now angie and caring for your home just got easier whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel angie makes it easy to see reviews compare quotes and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. 
No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With Softy and Lofa and me. Seriously. <laughs> when it's all said and done, they're just, they're just, they're just bad people. You know, they I, just don't care about other people's feelings I, or other people's situations. I try to give them the benefit of the doubt, but is there is there yeah. anybody you could think of? And you don't have to name names. I don't want yeah. names. Yeah. That it's actually benefited or worked out for them being that way is like uh, well jim rome for sure i mean jim rome i mean honestly i mean jim rome is is the godfather in, in some ways of sports talk radio but when you think of jim rome and and brett this might be before your time oh no i i know what you're no, about I, to say you want to you want to test me you want to test me uh, okay chris chris, chris everett, everett? Chris yeah, everett. His, his name is jim <laughs> i mean he made he made a name for himself with that video yeah. right yeah so, you know 30 30 years ago, whatever I showed it was. I Katie, mean, that, I showed producer Katie that video, what, two weeks ago, yeah, Katie? We were yeah, actually talking yeah. about that because it's just, I mean, okay, it's a classic. Jim, he turns that table over in a hurry. And to Jim's credit, he's taken a lot of credit, I think, over the years for molding a lot of young people mm-hmm. in sports talk radio. There's a big, uh, you know, summit, a big sports talk summit every year. And Jim Rome always takes time to go and talk to people in the business. So he hasn't let that kind of moment, you know, turn into who he is full time. But just an example of a guy who took a moment where he was kind of a jerk and really turned it into a springboard for his career. It was certainly that moment right there for Jim Rohn. There's there's no question about it. How aware of moments of moments are you while they're happening though? Not just ones where the guys he's pushing the envelope, you know, cause he's making the guy angry or whatever, but like yeah, for yeah. you, you, you've had yourself involved in a lot of moments in sports. Jim right. Mora comes to mind, right. you know, Jeff yeah. Nelson, the bone spurs, <laughs> arguing yeah, yeah, yeah. Griffey. I mean, you, all yeah. these kinds of things. Are you aware of those things while they're happening or is it just something that you're doing? Cause you're living in the moment. And then, yeah, you know, yeah. you, you look back at it after it's over. Uh, sometimes it depends on how much kind of traction it gets, to be honest with you. Like Mm -hmm. there's been things that I've said on the air that I thought were totally vague and completely innocuous and would go nowhere. And then you wake up the next day and, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a gigantic fire that you got to put out. All it takes is one angry person to call the newspaper or five angry people to form a mob and call a radio station. All of a sudden, you know, something that you said that you thought was no big deal is all of a sudden getting totally blown up. I mean, I, I, I made a comment about 15 years ago about Alex Rodriguez that almost got me fired. You know, I mean, I'm on the air. I'm talking about a young A-Rod, and he's with the Rangers. He's making a quarter billion dollars on a brand-new contract, and I, I, I made something, you know, some crack about how, you know, he's, he's, he's rich and he's a great-looking guy. You know, he's a good-looking dude. He's got smooth skin. You know, he's got cocoa brown, smooth skin, and, you know, he's got, you know, he's got a great complexion. He's a good-looking dude, and people, people took that as a racial thing. So, you know, I, I had to, you know, go on the air and apologize for it and all that stuff. And I'm like, man, here I am just trying to compliment this guy for being a, a rich, handsome, young-looking guy. And he's got the world by the, you know, by the balls, and, you know, the, the world's his oyster and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, the next day, I'm like, what? I get to wow. work, and there's four or five right. people that have emailed the boss that are all pissed off at me. So, it just depends, man, on, I mean, in the end, the public decides what you are. Yeah, like, I could yeah, sit here yeah. and do a radio show. You guys could do a podcast. But if nobody's listening, then whatever. But if people hear it and all of a sudden they think you're tremendous, they decide. They, they decide in the end, in a lot of ways, where these careers go. 
not yeah. the person sitting behind the mic. So I've been caught up in a bunch of stuff like that. I mean, the Jim Morris thing, honestly, when he was on the air with me and Hugh and mm-hmm. said he would be the next coach at Washington, yeah. we're like, yeah, whatever. He's just goofing around. And then all of a sudden that night, Atlanta yeah. newspapers are calling us looking for quotes from the interview. Like, oh, shit, here we go. Yeah. This is this is turning into something that's much bigger than we ever thought it was going to be. So it just depends, man, on how people react to it. How do you know when to, in terms of interviewing, how do you know when to kind of push it with your interview yeah. subject and how do you know yeah. when to pull back? Is there things that are too tender that, you know, and you know that going into it that you're like, I'm, I'm yeah. not going to, I'm not going to yeah. bring that one up or you go, I kind of have to bring this one up. And then how do you go about that? Well, you know, it's funny because we had John Schneider on the air with us last week on Thursday and, you know, look, I mean, there's certain questions that you just have to ask because the audience is going to bust your balls if you don't. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I'll approach it that way. I'll just say, look, you know, for people that wonder, is KJ Wright going to be on the roster in September? What do you say to them? So you kind of give him a chance to maybe understand that, look, this is a sensitive topic, but we have to get an answer. I think most guys understand that. Most guys in John's position, Pete's position, even Lofa's position, Mm -hmm. understand there are certain questions that people have to ask. But can you ask it in a respectful way? Can you ask it? Can you ask it in a way that shows that you've done some homework and you're not just some big mouth, you know, firing off questions over the air over the phone? And then are you that right? And then and then are you that kind of person that will back that up and show your face in the locker room and show your face at media gatherings and show your face at press conferences? Or you're the kind of guy that just sits there on the air, rips people and goes home and never bothers to show up and look somebody in the eye. So I think that's important to do for me personally. Other guys in this business don't think it's important. Hell, I'll be honest with you. I know a lot of guys across the country in sports talk radio and some even in Seattle that don't even go to games. They just stay home and watch them on TV. They'll go on the air, they'll rip people, they'll criticize people, and then go home and stick their heads up their ass and go back and do it again the next day. So I can't do that. I think you got to be there to to feel all of this stuff and get in front of people's faces. Speaking of uh, loudmouths asking possibly offensive questions, how come more Huskies and Trojans weren't taken in the draft? Oh, sorry. Sorry, everyone. Jerry Davern here, cutting in. We're going to have to leave it there for now. You'll get the answers from Lofa and Softy as to why more Trojans and Huskies weren't drafted on part two of the conversation, which will be up tomorrow for you guys. For now, this has been the Seahawks podcast on the Believe Sports Network. I'm Jerry Davern signing off. We'll see you tomorrow. Go Hawks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.